Welcome to the Manifest Your Dream Marriage Podcast. I'm Daniela Damsky, Self-Awareness and Relationship Master Coach and the author of The Power of a Growth Mindset, The Journey to Emotional Freedom. I believe that when we become our highest version of ourselves, we become a magnet for love. My goal with this podcast is to inspire you to master your inner world so you can master attracting and maintaining a loving relationship using spiritual and scientific principles. Thanks for joining me today. Welcome to Manifesting Your Dream Marriage. Today, I have special guests, Natasha Ku and Yakim Yeria, creators of the Exceptional Relationship Formula. I'm so sorry that I sounded your name, spelled your name wrong and sounded it out incorrectly. I really apologize for that. What, <laughs> Don't worry about I'm it. I'm really glad that you're here. And it's been a while since we've been trying to connect. So you, you focus on having an exceptional relationship, not just a good relationship, an exceptional relationship. So what would take someone that's in a good relationship or an okay relationship, and what would make that an exceptional relationship in your opinion? Right. So in, in order to really shift the relationship into an exceptional relationship, the, the, the most important part is really feeling what is actually that you want. Like, what is it that's important to you? What are the values that are important to you? What is it that you want to nurture in your relationship? Why are you even in this relationship? And then committing to that. So as we say, usually in our program is like a, an exceptional relationship takes an exceptional commitment, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning you, you just because you can dream it doesn't mean that you're going to create it. You need to implement it every day. You need to make the, the steps every day and see what is not aligned with that vision. What behaviors do we have? What habits are there? What communication patterns are there? They're going against what this relationship actually stands for. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Basically, if you were in a business and you were moving in the, the focus of the business was to attract more clients, get more money, then you would take action towards achieving that, right? So if you want an exceptional relationship, you have to take action that aligns with that vision for your relationship. I uh, went to a, an event one time and we talked about a vivid vision, vivid vision for your relationship. Would you recommend that that would be something that people create as a very vivid vision of what they think an exceptional relationship would look like for them? That's one way to approach it. You know, there are lots of things, especially when we look into kind of manifesting a lot of it, sometimes that brings into mind vision boards and, and having that kind of in front of you and, and laid out and, and dreaming of that. I feel like the essence of reaching for an exceptional relationship, however, might not be as tangible as having, you know, the pieces in front of you that you can already grasp. Because what it really means is that you're actually reaching for love, contentment, fulfillment on such a deep level that you probably haven't even received it so far in your life. And a lot of times um, when, when we meet, you know, our clients and we ask them this very question, kind of like, what is your vision for your marriage? Why are you together? Most of the time, the answer we get is just like, well... I thought I met the one and I thought that 
we were a good match so it stay like this forever like it, this good thing that i found it just carry on right like that's that's what i thought i wanted but that means you're projecting that happy time or honeymoon time just way into the future it's not growing it's in that state of pleasure or attraction or fun or excitement but it doesn't tap into like deeper levels of being loved, being cherished, and how you can actually grow together. So it's actually something energetic that you're opening yourself up to, not necessarily looking at your past, identifying what you think was great, and trying to recreate that into the future, because that could be a trap in itself. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree that if you're trying to recreate what was, here's, here's something very interesting that I believe is that if you're trying to recreate something that was, okay, your body and it, and it's no longer there. It doesn't, it, you don't have the, the same type of feelings. What I believe is happening is that your body protects yourself from going back to where it was because it's where it's at today. Meaning you feel like if you were to go back to that, you could potentially be right where you're at in a miserable spot. So the way that I look at it is your body's trying to protect you. And I look at it as you, you need to rec not recreate, you need to create something better, more amazing than what you had because your body doesn't know what comes after that. Like right. the subconscious mind doesn't remember, oh, well, we already had that and now we're here and I'm happy. <laughs> what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think that that's spot on because all we do otherwise is we should be dabbling the known <laughs> and, and in the known, nothing new is created because you already that's know. Right. Yeah. And your yeah, body you protects to. you like, oh, I've already been there. And this is what happened. We had this accident or, you know, somebody had an affair or what have you, right? Like if we do that again, well, we're going to end up in the same place we are today. And so yeah. we have to create something completely different, which is an exceptional relationship. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And, and one thing I think is really important in that as well, is that a lot of people are stuck in seeking for pleasure. So they seek greater and greater pleasure and they seek in various ways, but it really yeah. is a trap because you can't actually magnify it. Like you get only once your first car and that's it, you know, like then the next one has to be either better or has to be bigger or has to be faster or I don't know what. And it's the same thing with relationships. So you want to get off this kind of wheel of seeking for pleasure and you want to tap more into joy, which is much deeper and more enriching in the relationship. And that is where, where we see that there's a, a deep growth that can happen when you stop looking for, for just the pleasure of like, oh, okay, great vacation or great date nights or whatever. And you come more really to, to taste your, your partner's soul. And there's a deep joy in that union. And that is when the relationship really reaches a, a, a new level. Yeah, um, my mentor, he talks about the monotony of business, that, that you actually, in, you actually grow the most in just kind of the day to day doing it over and over again. I mean, 
can grow your business by focusing on just being in the moment of the day-to-day, 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 like in the present moment of the monotony. And uh, think about that in in terms of relationships. You know, the, the old couples that have been together forever, you know, they're they're not chasing a bunch of excitement, but they're very, very happy. They're very happy doing their life together. They love each other. They're, they have this knowing, like I always tell my husband, I know you like the back of my hand. <laughs> and that's where you want, I feel like that's ultimately a great relationship is when you really know each other so well that you can see their soul. You can, you know who they are on a soul level. So tell me, um, what type of women do you work with or do you work with couples? At the moment, we're mainly focusing on on women. We're not opposed to working with couples. It's just the way we've set things up. We're looking or working with women who are in a relationship and the partner is not as committed to change, maybe doesn't see that it's necessary or something like that. And so mm-hmm. we want them to be able to still do something because when one person changes, the dynamic in the relationship changes as well. And so that is what we're we're focusing on, that they have the empowerment rather being in a disempowered place of, well, you know, I just can't because he doesn't want to. It's like, no, wait, you can actually do something now. Yeah, I think you're you're right. People feel like more of the victim than the empowered person that they can be. I, I feel like all of us have the ability to change the dynamic of our relationship. I mean, if you think about it in a negative way, you have one partner who is upset, it could bring the other person down if you let it, right? So you just affected the relationship negatively. And mm-hmm. it would be the exact opposite. If one person is working on their self-development, working on healing and, and, and you know, increasing them their self-worth, their self-love, ultimately the other person is going to be affected by that in some ways. And most, most of the time it's in a positive way. Absolutely. I think one of the most important things is really looking at the, the patterns and stop mm-hmm. playing the same cycle because you know it. It's like the same argument or the same thing. You know, you do A, he does B, or and then it's C, and it just it keeps round and round and round. It's like, well, hold on a second. You can step back and you can recognize that and you can stop at A mm-hmm. rather than going through the entire cycle and you can reroute it and, and create something that's empowering rather than disempowering. Yeah, I don't think that the argument is about the argument. It's about the thing. It's it's so much deeper than the thing. Yeah. You guys find that a lot in your business that uh, it's it's not necessarily about the peanut butter on the cupboard or on the on the counter or the laundry in the bat uh, you know not in the basket on the floor instead. It's something more than that. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's where it's really helpful to help people to kind of move down, move beyond what is being said, because we, we might be picking on our partner, right? And asking him or giving him some feedback as to how to do the household, right? But deep down, it's not that change we're looking for, that, that behavioral change, it might feel that way, might seem that way, that if only he would change his behavior, then, then you'd be okay. But it's actually, you're, you're looking for a feeling. And there's a lot of meaning behind that action taking, whether it's 
well, if he, finally he cares that I tidied everything up in this kitchen last night, you know, or it could be something more. But I think a lot of the times when it, we find ourselves in this kind of conflict or repetitive um, situation where the same topics come up or all the same little issues just pop up like mushrooms, um, there is something that we truly want, but we're not quite getting. And we're so scared to really admit it and to go there and to show what what it actually means to us. We'd rather kind of stay on topic, talk about the peanut butter because it's obvious and it's easy. You know, it, 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 it's, it's the funniest thing because you've chosen this life partner. You share a room together, you share a bed together. And we so badly want to be seen by our loved ones. Yet when it's time to speak up and it's time to reveal how you truly feel and what you really need, we're really deadly afraid of going there, you know, going beyond the peanut butter. And I think for anyone to actually want that very authentic, real, an almost peaceful, peaceful relationship where it doesn't feel hard, you actually have to get to that vulnerable place and, and show yourself and express yourself. Yeah, so vulnerability is really important in relationships, being able to be vulnerable. Yeah. I think it's also self-awareness. If you don't even realize why you're doing the things you're doing, if you're not even going to take a look at the thoughts that you're thinking and why you're doing it. You, you can be as vulnerable as you want, but you don't even know yourself, let alone your partner. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that was what was sparked our crisis. We were all honest to each other and had all the communication in the world, but we weren't honest with ourselves. So, I mean, if I tell myself a lie, what do you think I'm going to tell my partner? I'm going to tell the same lie. Exactly. And I'm honest. So it has to start with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And our, I, I find that our lives are just to protect our ego. You know, I, I have some clients right now that are struggling in their relationship and they're using their children as like the ex reason that they're doing specific things, you know, I'm protecting my kids. And it's like that, I will call them out on that and say, that's, that's bullshit totally don't I don't think that that is true I think that's your ego trying to protect you from feeling hurt and just disappointed so mm. in retaliation you're going to take your kids and do something that you might regret later on when the anger and the frustration and resentment is no longer present mm. you can't go back in time so tell me a little bit about your story how'd you get into this right so I, I was I started change work in 2012. I started as a hypnotist. And then over the years, as I evolved, I got into coaching. And at the beginning, I was working with everything like, you know, stop smoking, stress, weight loss, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and as things evolved, and especially as our relationship evolved, and we went through our own story, which Natasha can share, we came to a point where we're like, there's so much that you can impact through helping people with their romantic relationship so that's when we decided you know we really were able to change our relationship and pivot our relationship from basically brink of divorce to where we are now uh, mm -hmm. that 
it's possible even if you're feeling hopeless yeah i remember at the beginning of this call i was talking about how um, the people who come to us usually they say ah you know it started out pretty good so i expect it to i expected it to keep on going that way and i think we, we fell down that trap too. There were a few traps, mm-hmm. I can name them sure. all. <laughs> um, one definitely was that because Yahim's Swiss, I'm Canadian. We met at the London Heathrow airport. Um, we weren't That's even going, awesome. Yeah, we mm-hmm. weren't even supposed to go to the same places. We weren't flying from the same location. So it was really, it was really fate. And we spent three days together in London because everything was canceled. All the flights were canceled. So that's the beginning of that story. And from there, I mean, we had to do long distance and we thought that was challenging and we had to learn to communicate and we thought, oh, time zones and not being together, that's tough. We, we saw those as the, the biggest challenges. So by the time I moved to Switzerland, I thought we've made it, you know, we're finally together. We're in the same country, we can be together now it's just smooth sailing because that long distance thing isn't in the way anymore. Now, when you move in with someone and you finally, you know, get to know how you're very, very much different, then things start to come up. And for me, trap number one, I guess, is that I, I could talk a lot, very chatty person, but I, I couldn't express my emotions. I couldn't actually explain or voice into words to myself or anybody else if something was bothering me, why, and why it was important. I just lacked those skills completely. And I had this huge blind spot that anything emotional I'm going through, whether I'm sad, I'm hurt, I'm whatever, disappointed, Maybe it means something about what's going on between us. I didn't take that as a valid data point. I just thought, meh, something's wrong with me. Just got to push it down. So that was my thing, just being a very silent partner. And I thought that was the key to being a good wife is to make him happy. So let's not bring up any problems for him. Let's just make him happy. So I did a great deal of that, trying to manage his emotions. If he came home on a bad day, um, I do everything I can to cheer him up. And if he was not happy or if his mood didn't improve, I play bad cop and just be like, get over it, you know, like, you know, and that wouldn't work and he'd get angry at me. And so it was a lot of um slowly over time a lot of manipulation to 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 make him be what I thought he needed to be so that I knew I was doing my job right as a wife something like that and as all these issues built up within me and I couldn't voice it I couldn't deal with it we couldn't figure it out you know it just built and built and built and put it in my back trunk at some point that just turned into resentment Mm-hmm. So I became that. I became that nagging, criticizing, disempowering, passive aggressive wife, controlling wife. And I did all those things, tactics, those these things, toxic communication patterns, 
especially within the household, because that's where I felt most powerful. I would, you know, he'd be going to work seeing a client and I'd be like adjusting his collar. Like he's a three-year-old saying, hey, your shirt, or, you know, I'd be teaching him how to cut a carrot, you know, to a grown man. But I kept telling him what the right way was, which was all these little nitpicking things within the household, that, which did not matter. But we were at that point stuck in this power struggle where I was unhappy and it just seeped out. I didn't even know I was doing it. I was just picking on him day in and day out. And actually, Yahim had to sit me down one day and actually tell me, hey, this is really hurtful. Like how you're treating me, it's really not nice. And I find myself walking on eggshells around you. I find myself asking you about how to vacuum our home. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Like, what am I doing? And why am I asking you for permission for the dumbest things? Like, how did we end up in this dynamic, which was really like a, like a mother-son relationship? It, we, we weren't lovers. We weren't you know, husband and wife, I was teaching him how to be, I don't know, <laughs> do the right thing within the household. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about how did that make you feel? You know, were you wanting to leave the relationship at that point? Or were you questioning leaving the relationship? What was going through your mind? Um, because I do work with a lot of women that are very controlling. Uh, and, um, and, and it's primarily because they're very uh, controlling and they're um, at work. So they're, they're high up on the corporate ladder. You know, they are in charge of many people. And a lot of people look to them for advice and their guidance. And so it's like they, they don't stop when they get home. You know, like they don't check their manager role when they, they get home. And all of a sudden it's, I've got to watch, you know, how the housekeeper cleans and the nanny does what she does and how, you know, anybody that comes over that's mowing the grass, I got to make sure they mow it properly. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it just doesn't stop. How does that, how did that make you feel? Not very good. <laughs> I can tell you that. No, it was really horrible for me. I mean, honestly, um, if I have to go and ask how to wash the fucking carrots, uh, excuse yeah. me, French, but like, I mean, what kind of man am I? Am I even a man? No, not really. I'm just an executor. And I'm afraid that she's going to lash out at me if I'm not doing it right. Uh, and so it was not sustainable uh, for me whatsoever. But we do have to say, you know, that the, the issue was also like, there were other things playing in it as well. Like I lost my father when I was six years old to suicide. And so in my mind, love was dangerous. Right. So he was like, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I want love, but love is dangerous. I'm going to get hurt. So we had, I kept attached to a certain distance as well, uh, but not, you know, too far, but not too close. So we have a push and pull dynamic that was happening in the relationship. And that was part of this, this whole pattern that was playing out. Uh, and so not only was I hurt, but Natasha was hurt as well. You know, I mean, I don't think some men realize but being controlling if it's let's say coming from from the woman it's not like it's fun 
It's not like you thrive on it. Like, yay, I get to be controlling and, and freak out when the carrot is not washed right. Like that's not a nice, a, nice, a nice thing. And for me personally, like it took actually a lot of courage to then finally say, look, this is how it impacts me. Because in my mind, I was unfaced by many things. And now I have to admit that no, those small things and those small side jabs and whatever, they actually really hurt. I really don't like it. And it got mm-hmm. to the point, I mean, we did go through an entire transformational journey, but it did get to the point where whenever that pattern would come up, we have become clear on it by then. Like we were aware of it. We knew how it was playing out. And so whenever mm-hmm. it would show up, the energy inside of me was like, I just want to run away. Like I've mm-hmm. had enough. I literally had, yes. had enough. We, we got to change this and we can't go back into it. Like if we go mm-hmm. back into it, I'm out of here <laughs> because I just right. can't take it anymore. Like that was too intense for me, but that was towards the end where we were very clear on what exactly is happening before it wasn't as clear. It was just reactive. We were unconsciously and you you brought that up the self-awareness and how important that is. So how did she, what did she do to shift your perception of her being a controlling person and let you a lot, like allow her to be the wife that you really needed what shifted? Because I see a lot of times men want to run away, right? When they have had a tipping point and that tipping point is their breaking point. I don't want to be in this relationship anymore because you can't stop controlling. That's the perception is that you cannot stop. You cannot change. Therefore, I can't go back there anymore. I've already done that, said that, done that, been there. Natasha, what did you change in order to get your husband to to want to continue the relationship? Or you weren't at that tipping point, it doesn't sound like. So what did you do differently? Mm -hmm. He would want to actually stay and work on the relationship. Yeah. It really goes to that silence that stuffing down of how I felt and what was going on for years, for years. Mm -hmm. And I hit my own breaking point because you can only hold it in for so long. And I really wasn't the type to explode. You know, I, I grew up with a very, very um, angry mom. So I I had issues expressing anger even. So i never blew up. I just Mm -hmm. kept pushing it down, but you can only do that for so long. And I just became deeply unhappy. And I was becoming this controlling wife too. So like Yahim said, it's not nice to do that or to say those things to your partner and to say it in that way. You know, it's really, really not nice. It just comes out of you like impulsively, right? And at that point, because I could not speak up for myself, I had my boundaries crossed again and again. I kept agreeing to things that didn't feel right with me. And I was such a yes woman at that point. Again, still trying to play that role of being that good wife, whatever that meant, whatever that I thought the happiness for this man meant to to be. So at that point, the trust was broken. Um... I couldn't quite see the path forward anymore. And all our interactions, there was just nothing positive anymore. Every time we we spoke to one another, I was either picking on him or he'd be 
distancing himself from me or getting frustrated from my reaction. I just didn't know what path we were going down and, and where else it could go. It was just on that trajectory. And one day, and, and we would try to solve this by talking about it, you know, that, that surface conflict, but it never, ever, ever went anywhere. Like we would do it over and over again. And I would always go away just crying, saying, hey, we're saying the same things we said last week. Mm-hmm. We can't work this out. You know, we, uh, we don't know how to, what, what to do and how to solve this. But one day in that same conversation, like something within me just like broke. I actually told him honestly how I felt so hurt, how I was so unhappy that I couldn't see our future together. I didn't know what we were doing. And, and that was it. I, I was just so lost and there's nothing here. And and I'm just broken, you know, I'm broken from how we're being together. And that was the first time that that conversation even got to that level of talking about my experience and my emotions. And when I shared that, it was a bit like, oh no, like how it comes and I didn't plan for it. it I, I just couldn't hold it in anymore. But in that moment, for the first time, I actually saw recognition in Yahim's eyes he actually looked at me like he understood me he felt what I was going through and that he cared because I saw that he saw the hurt and he saw someone who wanted help who needed help so the moment he experienced that because I was finally able to let it out that whole conflict just energetically really shifted because it went from us just a uh, tug of war back and forth with this with this with these issues and we didn't know what to do with it we kept on tackling it to suddenly there's two people in the room and they bonded together over like empathy and compassion mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. someone's hurt you know yeah so that just that moment gave us hope because there was always love and but that's not enough it really was not enough we lacked the tools we lacked the skills we didn't we lacked the blueprint of what even a healthy relationship was or how to get beyond this spiral but at least in that moment i could see a glimmer of hope that someone still cared Mm -hmm. we could still maybe make it through together and yeah. I, I didn't feel that for the longest time. And that was the beginning of our journey to, to get better. Uh, but until I broke open, or Yahim had to also admit that it wasn't going well for him, it stayed there. You know, it's like it, that problem just got stuck in that same place and you couldn't move it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I, um, I think the empathy art right there really struck a chord for me because people want to be seen and heard. And a lot of times we're stuck in our own victim hurt. This is how you're making me feel. And it's really challenging to back and put your hurt aside and look at how 
the other person might be feeling. I, I believe hurt people hurt people. So there's, there's a hurt person hurting somebody else. So if you're being hurt, it's because they're really hurt, hurting as well. And they could have been hurting for a really long time. And you had no idea because, you know, Natasha says she put on this happy wife face and was trying so hard to manage you and your emotions. You had no idea how long she was hurting or trying or, you know, trying to make this work so that she could, most likely you were trying to feel like everything was okay and feel loved. Like ultimately if he's having a bad day, you're like, it's not just him having a bad day. It's the two of you are having a bad day ultimately, right? I mean, you, you affect each other. I remember my husband, when I would get in, in bad moods, I would say, listen, it's not for you to fix. This is all a mental game for me. And it's my thoughts that are creating the emotion, the meaning. It has nothing to do with you. I have to work on me. And so when he truly understood that it wasn't his job to fix me and to get me into a better mood, he's like, you just go do you. I'll draw you a bath. I'll bring you, you know, some chocolate and wine. And then I'm going to go do my own thing. It's your job to take care of you and your happiness, not mine. I didn't do anything to make this like this. Um, but I will, I mean, it's not like he's mean or anything like that, but he didn't take it personal as a job that he, and a responsibility that he had to actually fix it. He still shows compassion and he's caring and concerned, but he is not responsible. And he's very aware that it is not his responsibility. Well, do you have any um, last words and, and can you share where people can get a hold of you, what kind of program you have? Give us the details so that if anyone wants to reach out to you, that they could do so. Great, yeah. So you can find us at yourexceptionalrelationship.com. We also have our own uh, podcast called Awakened Wife. You can find it at awakenedwife.com. And we have a program called The Cherished Wife, where we are taking women on this journey and we really make sure that they have the foundational pieces to create an exceptional relationship. Because a lot of people, you know, they come to us with the surface conflict or the surface mm -hmm. issue. And it's like, well, yeah, but this thing that's the tip of the iceberg is supported by a whole bunch of structures. And so we want to give you the blueprint about how you can change it and how a healthy relationship can actually look like. And so that is what this program is about. And it really goes deep into showing up differently and what we talked about today as well you know that vulnerability opening up healing yourself you know showing up in a way that is inspiring for you man to show up differently as well because a lot of women when when they are in a relationship that's not working instead of trying to let go they try to tighten control and so they mm -hmm. start to try to fix him try to push him and that's exactly what we're, what we're helping women with to see is like well this doesn't quite work if he would you wouldn't come to us <laughs> right you've been uh, trying to trying to get him to cut carrots properly for a long time he's not gonna <laughs> exactly he's not changing it he's not changing he's just <laughs> right so maybe there's another way of doing that which is extremely powerful and that is what we help him with to discover their innate feminine power uh, that can really supercharge your relationship and bring back the spark bring back the fun and bring back you know the the inspiration to create a life that they want to live together.
Excellent. Thank you so much for joining my podcast today. I really appreciate it. And um, you guys have been a pleasure. I really enjoyed having you. Thank you so much. Oh, Thank you for, for having, having us. us. Mm -hmm. <laughs>